Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Damn these Biloxi blues, it happens every night And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine I have not. The summer heat never treats me kind. It leaves trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice, and I'll see you at another time. Sing. This highway does not know my name, and I don't care. No, I don't care. Heading my way for another to the hook just a white line just to get out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there low budget live not so live from the low budget live bar and grill in beautiful southern middle Tennessee and welcome you bunch of low lifers and if you are new to this program you are now a low lifer. Congratulations. That's one of the listeners of this podcast refer to themselves as the low lifers. So welcome, one and all. If you're new, if you're old, this is Low Budget Live. Not so live. Not so live. Uh, for April the 19th, Monday, April the 19th. Hope you're all doing well out there. Uh, man, I am... Uh, I'm glad to be back here. You know, we did the uh, Y'all Sweet Tea Emporium last week. And if I gain like 40 pounds because I'm drinking just sweet tea nonstop, it's all stupid dumb Darian's fault. But uh, I like being in my in my, uh, in my my deal here, man. I like being in the studio, the bar and grill. I like being here. It's just, uh, it's, 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 it's easier. I had a lot of fun with D-Money, though. Down there celebrating the uh, Y'all Sweet Tea grand uh, launch that he had last week, and thanks to each and every one of y'all that watched and listened to that last week. had a lot of had a lot of fun. I always enjoy getting to do that with Darian. You know, like we said last week, we we started this thing together pretty much, and then uh, you know he doesn't get to be a part of it as much anymore. But super super cool, super proud of him, man. Last week was really cool to see. Him sharing the amount of people that were tagging him, tagging the all sweet tea. 
I just think, you know, the sky's the limit for that brand. And uh, it's really freaking good tea. It's really good tea. And uh, I'm, I'm very proud for my dude there. So thank y'all for watching that. And, and uh, thanks to Brian Thrift for coming on last week. That was a good time. It's been uh, it's been a crazy week for me as always. I know I feel like I say that every week, but but my life is uh, it's constant, and the reality is starting to set in that we are fixing to have another MPFL event number two, which immediately precedes my first Bassmaster Open of the year because Smith Lake got rescheduled. So now we're coming to the home lake, coming to Pickwick. And I've got to just turn around as soon as I get finished at Wright Patman. So this week I've been trying to, you know, get ready. I fish Pickwick uh, one day this week and got to put some time in, caught some big smallmouth, had, had a great time out there on the water. And I'm just looking forward to kind of, you know, uh, commentating the MPFL. It's going to be awesome, going to be a good time out there in Texas at Wright Patman. And then, you know, getting into that tournament mode a little bit. So it's fun, man. It's fun. I've been fishing with uh, my sons and Hudson and Ryder and been practicing up a little bit. And, you know, it's too early. There, there are guys already. Man, you opens guys. I do want to say that. I'm jumping around already. You opens guys practice. I mean, nice cats here. Been here for two and three weeks. <laughs> Pickwick. Now, I, now, granted, I, I'm out there riding around a little bit too on a lake I fished my whole life, but it's, uh, you know, it's 45 minutes from the house. <laughs> but some of y'all done traveled a long ways and putting in the work. So that just shows me how important, you know, the classic uh, obviously is and the Elite Series birth to so many guys, man. It's, it's, uh, it's, just lifelong dreams out there in those opens for people. But, dude, they put in the work. They put in the work. When I was uh, practicing for Smith a little bit, before we got rescheduled, there's just guys from all over the country. I just found that really interesting. Greg Hackney said that on this show. He's like, you won't out, you can't out find them <laughs> because those boys cover everything because there's no off limits uh, pretty much. You can just fish right up and, you know, if you want to fish 45 days, if you got it, you can fish it for a Bassmaster Open. And, man, those guys put in the work, and and uh, it's really impressive. But I'm seeing that down on Pickwick right now. Um, actually, went this morning with my brother, Blake, and uh, Hudson. We left here at, like, 445 this morning. Recording this on Sunday, of course. You guys are listening on Monday, April the 19th. But uh, we we got up super early this morning, went smallmouth fishing, caught some smallmouth, lost a couple really nice fish, and and it's so cool for me that Hudson wants to get up uh, early like that. But we're putting in the work. We're putting in the work. We're trying to get ready, and uh, I don't know, man. It's it's uh, those butterflies are there again, and that's a good thing. I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, two hundred something boats gonna be a heck of a crowd on Pickwick, but going out of the Tennessee into Pickwick, and I'm I'm looking forward to that. But first, got right Patman, got to do my. NPFL commentating thing with my brothers David Dudley and Fat Cat Newton this week out in Texarkana. Totally different playing field than what uh, a lot of guys are used to. This is a lake that nobody knows a lot of things about. So going to be very cool, and we'll get more into that in just a second. Got to thank the sponsors of this fine program right here. The folks from Star Tron Star Bright. I got to talk this week this is this is it's always special for me to get to talk to Gregor Dornow, the man, the man, the myth, the just head honcho right here. Called me this week. Got got to have a great chat with him about all the goings on at Startron and LBL and different things. It was, it was a good call, and uh, he was in the Florida Keys, and I hate him for that uh, for rubbing that in, but. Uh, the uh, fine folks at Star Trek kicking ethanol in the teeth, in your weed eater, in your chainsaw, in your 
freaking outboard. Nothing ruins a great day on the water like an outboard engine that won't run. So a little dab will do you. And, and there was something I saw this morning on the way to the uh, to the lake. You know, you can buy ethanol-free marine-grade fuel. You see it a lot of places. That crap is over three, three dollars a gallon right now. I pulled up at a pump and had it, and I was like, "Get out of here with that!" And I had my brother with me. He's like, "Man, I just hit me some Startron in there, and I can get that eighty-seven boy." So buy you a bottle of this, keep it in the truck. Don't worry about that ethanol freak. This kicks it in the teeth right here. Get you some Startron kicking ethanol in the teeth and bringing you low-budget life for going on four years now. We want to thank those folks each and every week. And I see y'all tagging me and shaking that Startron bottle. I always greatly appreciate those, so keep on doing it. Sims Clothing, Bozeman, Montana. Absolutely, Sims Fishing Products bringing you absolute quality rain gear, outerwear, underwear now. I saw that, Sims Underwear. So maybe a lady will see you in them Sims. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, sorry, ladies, we're leaving y'all out. I don't think that they got the underwear, Sims underwear for the ladies yet, but they do got it for the men, and uh, I got me some on order. Ain't going to lie. The triple threat ain't going to know what to do when I come in there like, fish it well. That's that's probably not going to happen, but uh, but I like to dream, guys. I like to dream. I'm here to remind all you low lifers, you get one life. Fish it well, do it in some Sims fishing products. I promise you, you will enjoy those immensely. Pro Guide batteries, again, another week fishing in the current, another week blown away. Told you a testimonial last week with, with D Money, forgot to charge my batteries, but uh, before a tournament with Hudson, ridiculously, uh, you know, impressed with these things, man, just beyond it. Uh, with these 31 AGMs I'm running, you can use code LBL10. To get you a break there, and and you low lifers have been using that code. They uh, they reached out and told me that last week. As a matter of fact, Mister Matt Looney, there with Pro Guide Batteries, and uh, it's much appreciated. So keep on using it. You can order those batteries off the Pro Guide website. They're using LBL10, and show them that you love that low life, and you need you some new batteries. Uh, nothing absolutely uh, makes me want to bang my head against a rock more than batteries that, uh, you know, just fail you miserably. Uh, And I've dealt with that in life. But this year, rock solid. And last but certainly not least, got to say a huge thank you to the official boat sponsor. That's something I never thought I would get to say. That's very cool to me. The official boat sponsor of Low Budget Life and the Traveling Circus, Express Boats, Hot Springs, Arkansas, building excitement since 1966. I'm running that X21 Pro. Got my brother in. I love first-timers. I love it. I've had two first-timers in it this week. My buddy Michael Brewer was in it this week and was like, what? I had my buddy David Allen in it last week, and he, 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 you know, the whole shot, it's all, I love the whole shot, the the facial expression people make on the whole shot. They're just like, what? And uh, it was pretty awesome. I will tell you this, though. I will tell a story, and I'll tell on myself a little bit in my Express. So, sneaky little spot on Pickwick um, that I went in on Friday, and I wanted to take my brother and Hudson in there, because I, I, I called several. And the water was a little lower today. <laughs> And Pickwick and most of the Tennessee River, lots of rock, lots of rocks that don't give. Now, I was on the trolling motor, and I could see the rocks, okay? I could see the rocks in my defense. I could see them. 
But there was one little gap that I got hit to get into this, this little deal. And I wedged the X-21 <laughs> in between two rocks. <laughs> and me and my brother, Blake, baby brother, we had to uh, strip down to the old skivvies in the 62-degree uh, Tennessee River water. And it was not fun, but we moved the express about an inch at a time. And I was actually blown away that I even stuck it that hard, but I I stuck her, I stuck her, and uh, and we were able to get in there, fish. We 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 caught a couple, not many, and then made it back out. Uh, luckily, without doing the same thing coming out. But uh, <laughs> my brother was going, "You're not going to make it. You're not going. Hey, hey, Luke, you're not going to. I didn't make it, Blake." And he's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, and Hudson's in the boat, and I'm just taking off sock shoes and got down to the skivvies and jumped on in. I mean, there's a foot of water, big big rocks everywhere. We, we, we did it. We did the dang thing. So, But I will say this. That express moved it. Two of us, we moved it easily. <laughs> no no harm, no foul. Didn't even really uh, didn't even really hurt it at all. So I'm, I'm loving that thing, though, man. It, it just suits my fishing style so much. Um, no matter what I'm doing, if I'm fishing offshore, if I'm fishing, it's just a big stable boat. Me, Hudson, and uh, and my brother Blake all fished on the front deck today in some current situations and stuff. Spot locked, uh, you know, anchor locked down in the current, and it's pretty awesome. So I want to thank the folks for Express for uh, you know being the absolute one and only official boat sponsor of Low Budget Live in the Traveling Circus. All right, moving on. I know so many of you that listen love the sponsor reads. Oh, that is good. Look, I know he's my buddy, but this tea really is good. Like, I grew up drinking tea, uh, and it is really good tea. You can use code LBO. It's not a sponsor thing. I think he's just trying to see if I'm worthy of sponsorship. But uh, you can use code LBL at Y'all Sweet Tea if y'all want to get some. Takes about 10 minutes to make it can add your own sugar and all that. That really was not, that was kind of impromptu. It's really good tea. All right, moving on. It was a busy, busy week in bass fishing. Y'all know that. I feel like every week right now is a busy week. This past week, though, of course, you had the Elite Series wrap-up down to Sabine. Then you had the heavy hitters extend into the week, and then you had the Bassmaster Open at the end of the week over at Douglas, the Southern Open, the second Southern Open. Uh, Heavy hitters, man. Alton Jones, OG, OG, Alton Jones Sr. winning that, winning a hundred grand, uh, and man, he did it in in that OG fashion. Little Alton actually tweeted that. It's like, man, I like my dad's chance. It was really cool. He's like, I like my dad's chances. If it's kind of this sight fishing, you know, uh, three pound minimum, which is stupid. Let me just say that. I want to say that. I mean, whatever made it interesting. But a three-pound minimum is just, they're out of their damn minds uh, with that. But you know what? Somebody wins regardless. Um, but three-pound freaking minimum, dude. I can't imagine that. But Alton put on this freaking just sight fish clinic. And I remember Alton, uh, I guess it was Neely Henry in like 98, maybe 97 on the TNN Bassmasters. It might have been 97. He won, he won Bassmaster AOI in the top 100. And he was sight fishing. I, I remember that that tournament sticks out to me so much because I fished Neely Henry some growing up and stuff. And it was just always like, you know, you like the tournaments that are around home. Uh, 
when you're growing up and learning and, and I just, but I just specifically remember him sight, sight fishing scene. And it's, it's my favorite thing to do. And it seemed so magical then. And it still is like, it, it is to me, like it never loses. It's, it's a lure. And I always love when tournaments get won that way. And some, and some people are against it, right? You know, uh, people, people don't necessarily agree with sight fishing, but so cool. And Alton was one of those dudes. I feel like he was one of the pioneers of it really. You know, you got like Shaw Grigsby, Guido Hibden, Alton, um, so many more, but Randy Howe was one of those guys I always looked up to growing up. Sight fishing, Clark Winlet, Dudley, you know, these guys. But, uh, and if there was a sight fishing derby, they were just fixing to beat your brakes off. But, uh, really cool. So out, out and one. Uh, I still think that tournament, it didn't get a lot of high. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I just follow the wrong people. I feel like I follow a lot of people in, in pro fishing, obviously. And I just don't feel like it gets like it got hyped. Like, that's a really cool event, dude. I think it's a cooler event than their Red Crest by a mile just because of the format. Um, Red Crest pays 300 grand or whatever, and it's their championship. But I just think that this one with paying 25 grand for Group A for Big Bass, Group B, paying 50 grand, of course, Jacob Wheeler wins that on day three. He needs a bigger bank account. Uh, Sight fishing as well, caught a seven pounder off the bed. But it pays a hundred grand last day. I think Jeff Sprague won that the last day. Snatched it up, snatched up a hundred thousand dollar payday. Uh, but I, I just I think it's a really cool event. I do. I think it's a really cool event. So congrats out. But but somebody actually reached out to me and said that. They said, uh, man, I haven't seen anything about this. Like you have to like go to the website to find that out. And it is bizarre. It is bizarre because Christie wins the elite, and you see a lot of people sharing. Hey, congrats to Jason. Of course, MLF guys were congratulating Alton too, but but it just, I don't know, it just felt quiet. And uh, that's strange. That's really strange. And it seems like the only time that MLF events really, as far as just get like a lot of just like, as far as just social media, it's like Connell, Wheeler, MDJ, or like Joe Lee winning, Justin Lucas. Those guys, when they do real well, it's like psh, a lot, of, a lot of stuff, but uh, I don't know. Maybe and maybe I'm not in the right circle on that, but I, I keep up. I keep up. Uh, so, anyways, congrats to Alton on that. Uh, congrats to them for paying a hell of a lot of money for catching big old stinking bass. All right, moving on. The Bassmaster Open. This was. This was. Um, I'm following these opens, man. I always have been, and this year especially, checking them out. Over 200 boats up there at Douglas, and. I'm going to butcher this name, but congratulations to Dasuki Aoki. I probably did not say that correctly in the least. And I thought I recognized this cat. And turns out, him and Brandon Pollock, if you remember the video series, I think it was 2018 when BP won AOI on the Elite Series before the big split. Uh, they did that series bigger than us. Fishing is our language. And Brandon fished with him in... Japan and Daisuke. I'm no, I'm not saying that right. I know I'm not, but I don't know, man. Correct me on it. He came to America and fished with Pollock. Very cool video series. Go back and watch. I remember it when it came out, but but BP made a post about that. And I, I thought that was really cool. But wins by one ounce, man. And I don't know if you paid attention, but Drew Benton. Left the Sabine River, him and Drew Cook, Patrick Walters. Drove all the way to Dandridge, Tennessee, up there at Gatlinburg, Dollywood, okay? 
Okay, Dollywood. If y'all don't know where where Douglas is at, and y'all have been to Dollywood or Gatlinburg, I'll just put you. That's where it's at. You're in Dollywood, basically. You're basically at the entrance to Dollywood. It's where you park at the boat ramp. So they drive all the way there. Drew Benton finishes second, but only because of a freaking dead fish. I saw his post. Gets beat by one ounce, four ounce penalty. Had a three pound smallmouth. He said choked a swim bait. He tried every trick he knew to keep it alive. The thing dies four ounces. If you don't think dead fish penalties make a freaking difference in professional bass fishing and major tournaments, holy crap. Um, just and, and, dude, that's a classic spot. That's a classic spot. Early in the year, you get that. You do not have to worry on the Elite Series. You fish carefree, which Drew normally makes it through the, through the Elites anyways. But, man. You don't have to worry about that gauntlet. You just win and you're in, and that's why you're fishing the opens, right? If you're Drew Benton and and just to you know to have more tournaments to fish, but barely misses it. And man, I, I just I don't know. <laughs> no, nobody takes care of their fish better than pros and most tournament anglers, right? And it, that conservation minded thing should be in all of us. And I just boy, that is the story. I mean, it's really cool. I'm not taking anything from. Uh, Dasuki Aoki on his big win because phenomenal coming from another like that never ceases to amaze me even though I feel like Japanese uh, bass pros are freaking robots that use baits that nobody's ever seen uh, because I've fished with several and they're incredible anglers incredibly efficient uh, breaking down new water and having crazy techniques, crazy patience. It's like a taku uh, down at uh, the Sabine. Some of the stuff these guys pull out, and it's just it's just incredible. But but Drew Benton had the fish, man. He had the fish. It was going to be close, but he had the fish. Got to give a big shout out to my buddy Josh Douglas Dougie, who is a road warrior. Him and his wife Bree travel the country chasing bass. I fished FLW tour against Dougie with Dougie. One of my Bassin brothers out there that I, I really, really think the world of. Nobody works harder in the sport for their sponsors on the water, pre-fishing, just putting in the time, man. And he's fishing all the all the uh, opens, and then uh, he's also fishing uh, Major League Fishing, uh, Pro Circuit, MLFLW, rest in peace, uh, FLW Tour. He's fishing those as well. And man, he, this dude's just everywhere. And he has knocked on the door of a win so many times, so many times. And he he ends up third up there, at Douglas man. And he's gonna get uh, he's gonna get his. I'll promise you, Dougie is gonna be. He is a household name to me already in the sport of pro fishing. But he's gonna get his. So very cool tournament. Two hundred folks up there. Already two of the three. In that Southern Division wrapped up. So you've got the points race. The top three in that are going to go to the elites, get elite invites. You've got some names hanging around there. Jacob Prosnick's like seventh going into that last tournament. You've got uh, Jacob Fouts sitting on top. David Williams, my buddy DW, who was leading the Open after day two, fishes on the pro circuit side. He's a former Elite Series guy. He's hanging around there. Keith Poche, who fishes BPT, obviously. Is is in like fourth place. John Hunter, John Boy, my buddy Big John, uh, who also fishes FLW, he is right there as well. It's going to be interesting. Josh Douglas is not far away. My little buddy Sam George is not far away in that. So three tournaments instead of four. 
got to be in the top three. It's hard to do, man. It's so hard to do because I look at like Sam George has got like a 40th and a 12th, and he's like 13th or 14th of the point. Like you got to freaking bring it at every single one of these to, to have a chance at making the elite. So going to be interesting. Prosnick, of course, is fishing all the open. So is Sam George. So is Josh Douglas. I, I'm not sure about David Williams. I think John Hunter's fishing all the opens. But they're going to do that cumulative thing if you fish all nine of the events. And uh, they're going to take three from that as well. So three from the Southerns, three from the Centrals, three from the Northerns, and then three from the overall this year. So uh, 12 guys total will go to the Elite Series. And like I said, people putting it all on the freaking line for those Opens just to, uh, you know, try to move on to that next level, trying to get to that Elite Series, um, which is it's freaking awesome to see. Let me reset a camera, and I'm going to tell you about our guest today. I'm actually going to make sure – we're good to go here. Let's see. Got about three more minutes. But I'm going to reset a camera. Then we'll tell you who we're going to get to talk to today. Hang on. Hang on. Looking at buying a new camera because I get overdoing that. Just going to be honest with you all on that. Uh, hey, comment below on that heavy hitters thing. I like to know, like, did you watch it? Do you think that format is cool? The three-pound minimum, the fact that they write these huge freaking paychecks. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Because I, I – two thumbs up, man. Two thumbs up. Maybe not on the three-pound thing because I think there have been a lot more fish weighed, but still the outcome would have probably been the same, obviously, right? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. That might be stupid to say. Uh, so my guest today – and we're a little early. We're a little early, but I think we're going to try to call him anyways. My guest today is one bad dude. I was fortunate enough to have him on not long ago after he made his announcement that he was coming back to the Elite Series, that he was making some other big changes in his life. He has multiple freaking wins on the Elite Series and the FLW Tour. He is, to me, one of the scariest scariest bass pros of all time when he gets dialed he's just vicious he is vicious on the water and he proved it once again the sabine freaking river and my guest today is none other than the one and freaking only jason christie we're gonna try to get him on the phone i'm a little early he'll probably get you know just just be mad at me but we're gonna we're gonna try it What are you doing, Jason Christie? You know, I call my YouTube channel the Traveling Circus, but I feel like all the elite guys uh, and every other Bass Pro in the world needs to call their something traveling blah, 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 because that's all y'all do. Uh, yeah, it's not, uh, the schedule is just kind of like, you know, medium in here as far as travel. I, we've had a lot worse. We've had better, but, uh, you know, at least we go to New York, back to back. Um, Alabama, a weekend between. So it's really not that bad this year. Well, and you had, so you guys had a weekend between Sabine and Fork, but you're, you're live close enough that you can just run home for a little bit. You probably, did you, did you turkey hunt any? What you been doing? Um, well, there was, a lot of calls, a lot of interviews. <laughs> a few, maybe. Uh, yeah, there was a uh, number two COVID shot. There was mm. 
Yeah, there was fertilizing the clover and actually put protein out Friday for the deer. So I'm trying to grow a big one, but uh, I'm going to do some. I'm doing some experimenting this year with uh, some different things on see see if it helps the bunch or not. There, there's one thing that I feel like if anybody's listened to you on here before, they watch Boats and Pros with you, if there's one thing about Jason Christie that's always going to stand out, you got white-tailed deer on the brain 12 months out of the freaking year. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was want, I was wanting to do some crappie fishing, but uh, it was just cold and nasty, and I, I've been thinking about all this stuff for the deer, so I, I did a lot of that. Um, yeah, and then it seems like, I mean, we literally just crossed Texas, uh, back into Texas, and it seems like we were here about 10 minutes ago. No, no doubt about it. Well, dude, so obviously the last time you were there, a little over a week ago, it ended really, really, really good for you. Does this blue trophy, because you've, you've you got a few of them, does this one mean more to you now? Do Because I, I hear guys say they get harder and harder to get, but does this one mean more after the change in everything because i had you on the show before and you're like you didn't feel like yourself uh you know at bpt like you you weren't maybe the format didn't suit you whatever you were looking forward to getting back after the five fish so is this blue trophy the most important one so far um i don't know if it's the most important uh or if it means more but it's definitely special uh there was a lot of things that i mean for a lot of reasons one is um you know, it's been a few years since I've won. I've been close a lot. And, you know, this kind of tells me that I, mean, I can still win, um, even though I'm stubborn. And <laughs> there was a lot of variables in the tournament. You know, I, I ran a long ways, and, and I avoided getting anything. I shouldn't say I avoided. I was lucky and didn't hit And it was just, yeah, it was different. I mean, you know, and I, and I had done terrible at the Sabine the first three times that we were there. So it's, it's definitely special. And I think the biggest thing is it just tells me that, uh, you know, at any given day I can still win. So talk about that run because, I, I, man, I've talked about the Sabine a bunch on here because I don't feel like people realize how intimidating a fishery like that can be if you've never been somewhere like that. But how do you – you're a veteran guy. You've been there a lot. But how do you decide, okay, this area of the Trinity River, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make these long runs. Like, is that something you look at before practice starts on maps? Like, talk about – or is that somewhere you fished in the past? Talk about that. Um, I had practiced there and fished a tournament close to where I went uh, the last time the Elite were there. And, you know, you kind of got two choices whenever you fish this. Being, I feel like um, you either stay close, um, you know, and you fish for the fish that have been let go there, you know, the last few years and by locals and stuff like that, or or you make a run. And the first day I practiced in Taylor's and didn't do very good. And then the second day I went up to where I fished the last time and and I, it was a all day thing, you know, and, and I only got like six or seven bites that day. Um, and they were real scattered, but they were good ones. I mean, uh, you know, two, two and a half pounds. And then I saw one that was, uh, eight or nine. And that was the fish that 
really just kept me thinking about uh, going back up there. And, you know, I came back to the room that night and and looked at Google, and I was like, well, am I, you know, am I going to the nature tomorrow or, or you know, am I going back up there? And, and there was one, or, you know, there was a creek about 20 miles north of where I finished practice on day two, and I thought, well, I'll, uh, you know, I'll go try that because, you know, I had got a few bites, and, and I did not see anybody up there. That was the cool thing. And so the next morning I made the run, on the third day of practice, I made the run up there just like I would in tournament. I put in an orange and and ran just to see if I had enough gas to get there. And and uh, I mean, when I got in this creek, it was it was like there hadn't been anybody in there in years. I mean, the fish act like they'd never seen a spinnerbait, and <laughs> and uh, there was trees across the creek that nobody had been through, you know, in a while. So uh, you know, I got a few bites and. Right then, I decided that's where I was going to fish. Um, you know, I thought, well, I can I can start here, I can fish here, and then if, if I need to stop on the way back, I can stop in some of the places where I had had some bites. And so I uh, spent day four of practice um, sitting at the house, getting the boat light, uh, taking everything out of it, tackle, excess stuff that I didn't have to have. And uh, just hope that I made it without hitting anything. So, is there is is the reason? So, you're talking about hidden stuff. Are, obviously, that is that floaters. A lot of floaters in that area. Or are you talking about actual stumps, trees that are, you know, fixed? Um, most of them are trees, and the you know one thing about the Sabine River is it fluctuates based on the water that comes out of the dam at Toledo. So you have these trees that you know, in these outside bins that are attached to the bank that lay over and, you know, you get one to lay over and then the next time the water comes up, you get a tree that pushes into, uh, you know, that one. And here's the thing, there's no, I mean, it's not like the Texas Park the Wildlife goes up there and, and removes trees so people can run it. I mean, it's the remote area. Um, and that's, that's the thing is, you don't. You really don't know. Uh, you know, if the river comes down anymore. I mean, like if I was shut down and idle, you know, if I saw something that was hairy, I would shut down. I would idle around it the day of practice. And whenever I'm idling, I mean, there's just it's just solid trees underneath you that yeah. in the sand. So, you know, the last time that we fished there in the elite, out in was fishing up there where I was too, and that's whenever he got in the trees uh, because of one of those. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I had hit, a, I had hit a lot of stuff, and actually on day three, you know, I think I hit five going there and back. I didn't hit them hard, but I hit five, and <laughs> and uh, but it was, I mean, they were just bumps. You know, there wasn't anything really, really. Um, but I, I was real lucky in the tournament. You know, I hit. Uh, I bumped a couple small, you know, smaller ones. Uh, but once the river started coming up, it was actually a lot easier to uh, run. Man, so so I, I, got, I actually got a picture of your light boat. 
and taking that little tackle would would absolutely just make me sweat through my clothes probably because <laughs> I'm like, of course, you were just going to throw a spinnerbait and a spinnerbait and a spinnerbait anyways. Uh, and I don't blame you because of the way they were biting it. It looked like a lot of dang fun. But is that just for, for the folks listening at home, that's for mainly to get the weight out just to get you a little bit more fuel economy? Yeah, so when I ran it in practice, um, I ran it real careful and and tried to manage fuel because I knew it was going to be close in practice, and I got back with two gallons of gas. And then, Whew. you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to have a partial, so uh, it's going to be real, you know, real borderline on me getting back. So I wanted to take enough weight out of the boat that I could make up for an average size uh, wow. person. And that's what I try to do. I take... I think I got about 150 out, but here was the cool thing is, you know, the first day I didn't have a marshal, uh, and I got back with, with like two gallons of gas the first day. Uh, the second day, I, you know, I had a cameraman and his big 17 bags of camera stuff and a camera, and I got the same fuel economy with all of that. Nice. As I did, yeah, as I did the day before, so... Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I learned a lot. You know, I learned yeah. a lot Yeah. 
you know, linking the engine, uh, you know, with the Garmin, I would not have been able to do it without that. If I would have done it with the old style gauge, there's no way that I could have managed one gallon of gas over a four hour trip. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was without that. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that I, cause I, you know, I wouldn't have known. I would have just ran it and, and, uh, yeah, I, I would have ran out of gas. <laughs> you, you would have been fingers crossed like like a lot of us are. But, man, I think that – when I was texting you about that earlier this week because I was so intrigued because I'm running the exact same setup, Garmin, Yamaha's, you know, the whole nine on my Express. And I loved that, that move you made. I feel like that is such a pro move, such a veteran move to do that, take that a step further – to know exactly, almost to the freaking ounce, <laughs> how much fuel you've got. Um, two hours one way, are you running full throttle the whole time, or are you, you know, running low 60s? You, do you back off in that scenario because you know there's not a lot of people going up there to conserve fuel? Because I've got buddies on the Tennessee River that make really ridiculously long runs, especially on Kentucky Lake and Wheeler, and they never run wide open. Is that something that you utilize? Just kind of backing off the throttle a little bit. Yeah, I had to. Um, so going up, I would run 13 gallons per hour, which is about 41 miles an hour. And then coming back, I could cut back on the throttle to 11, and I was running like 38 miles an hour. But I would, I would. Uh, you know, I was I was helped on the way back by the current. Um, yes. And you know, going up every time, I kept it right on thirteen because I knew I could get there with about a half and have a half a tank left. Mm-hmm. And then coming coming back based on current or wind or how much you know weight I had in the live well, whatever, then I could uh, let it. You know, I could run harder or slower based on what I need to do. So going up in practice, you know, I created a couple of waypoints going up. One was my seven-gallon waypoint, and then my next one was 11.5 gallons. So then, you know, I kind of had a, you know, a rule there in the middle or two of them to where if I was, you know, below that or above it, I could ease up a little bit. Um, And it gave me peace of mind coming back, you know, if I got to 11.5 and I had 12 or 13 left, I knew that I was going to make it back. You know, I could just keep doing what I was doing. But there was, you know, the last two days when the river came up, I did a lot better on fuel because I could run a little straighter up there across sandbars and stuff. Uh, You know, sandbars that were showing, there was four or five foot of water on them. So I could uh, I could let her eat whenever I got in the big or opened up back in the river and it was you know it's it's pretty weird because in practice I never run hard and then uh, you know the first two and a half days of tournament you know you go thirty five and then you open up in the river and you let it eat for a little bit I mean it feels like your face is gonna come <laughs> off you haven't been going that far but. Or that fast, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's you know, thanks to the Yamaha guys and you know the Garmin guys for even letting me know that that was possible. You know, that one thing about Garmin is 
I feel like that I know the unit for, I mean, good. I mean, as good as most people, uh, a lot better than, I should say a lot better than most. You know, I, I know my unit's good, but they're still, they do so many things that we still don't even know uh, that functions in there that we, you know, the engineers, they stick it in there and like, we don't even know it. And there's a lot of people that probably didn't know that you could do that. Um, you know, I didn't know it until I talked to the Yamaha guys, uh, you know, but thanks to them for putting in the cable from the engine to NEMA. And then, you know, thanks to Logan, to, or actually the bass tank are the ones that put in the, the cable from the Garmin to the backbone of NEMA to, uh, to make those two talk. And what's cool about it is whenever you run, you know, I say I go out fishing and it says I burn 13.7 gallons. When you go to the gas station, that thing is going to take 13.7 gallons. That's killer, man. That's, that is, I mean, obviously it was worth a hundred grand. (laughs) I mean, truly, because I I think about, and you're talking about an old analog, you know, our boats have that. Uh, And I know Yamaha makes a digital gauge like a lot of the motor companies do. Um, But Man, it, that just sounds so much more accurate going through that Garmin like that. Uh, and I am, I'm, man, you got my wheels turned. I texted you about it earlier this week. I was like, okay, so what do I need to make this happen? Because I really, really think that this is something I need to do. What was the overall distance one way mileage wise? I know it was a, it was a couple hour trip for you going the speed you were going, but what distance was it? Yeah, I'm guessing 70 uh, miles just because of the average speed. You know, I never, uh, mapped it or anything like I got that because um, it, it was just so tight in so many turns but I'm going on average speed you know 35 to 40 I'm going to say it was 70 miles okay. way, which is a long time I mean it's a I long way go, yeah I would rather go two hours running full speed as I would an hour or two hours running half speed you know it's just I mean it's just like I want to hurry up and get there I want to hurry up and get back to the way in but you got to you got you got to kind of pace yourself and and uh, you know it was fun and that's what makes that one so special. There was so many things that came into play. You know, you talked about the tackle. I mean, I knew what I was going to do in there, and I mean, all I needed was a few jigs and and uh, some flipping stuff and you know some spare baits. And I had some, you know, I had two or three extra rods in there, a frog in case they started spawning and stuff like that. But uh, you know, it turns out where I don't think I ever caught one out of that creek um, on anything other than a spinnerbait. I just, I never had to fish behind myself. Like I just put the time and the way the creek laid out, I could just put the trolling motor in and just take off up the creek. And the first day, you know, I was done in 30 minutes. Second day, I was done in an hour. Um, and then the third and the fourth day, the water came up. So I never had to like turn around and fish my way out. Um, and and the way they were eating it, I mean, the way they were eating it, I'm not going to lay down a spinnerbait and pick up <laughs> Well, dude, watching you, uh, Darren and I were talking about it on here last week, but watching you pick apart trees of the spinnerbait, it's just, I mean, it's just art, dude. <laughs> it is. It's just yeah. insane. You can tell, like, that's just your deal, man. I mean, obviously, you're a flipper. You love, all, like, you're just a shallow water assassin. But, dude, that freaking spinnerbait bite... And now you've designed this one for Booyah, the covert, for the last, I guess, what, two years now it's been out? Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's yeah, and you. I mean, you just pummel them on it all the time. I feel like it's just it's not even fair. Not yeah, even my, fair in the least. My uncle, he uh, he texted me after I won. He's like, "Man, that's pretty cool." You know, he he honestly just learned how to text a few months ago. <laughs> um, but he's like, "That's pretty cool," you know. Uh, and I, he said, "It's pretty cool that you won on the spinnerbait." And I was like, "Well, you know, it's uh, I learned from the best, and and that's where it's come from." I mean, you know, he. Just watching him, you know, I grew up as a kid watching him and my dad and people like that picking that stuff apart, and, and uh, I, that's where I got it from. So that's so awesome, man. That makes it that much more special. And I know, I know that they're proud, man. To, especially you got your own signature series spinnerbait out for a couple of years, winning on the elite stage like that. It's got to just be special for the whole family. But uh, so looking to for, forward to fork. When BPT was there, you freaking knocked their lights out. You caught some freaking giants on a frog in that event. In that event, I'll never forget some of those fish catches. But so you've got history there. What do you What are you expecting this week? I really think that um, it's going to be one of those events where it's going to be wide open as far as patterns. Um, you know, we were here a little bit earlier last year in the BBC and those big ones were just getting there. We're a few weeks later and I think it's going to be one of those deals where you're going to have a few fish spawning, you're going to have a shad spawn, you're going to have some fish that's going to be out. Um, you know, the first big ones that's probably uh, schooled up out. So I really think it's going to be wide open. You know, and I went from carrying six rods in the bean to I probably have 30 in the rod locker right now in the express just because I really don't even know what I'm going to do. I need to look at the water and, and I think it's high. I mean, I think it's, it's full, which will kind of favor that shallow water fishing. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it really depends on what a lot of the other guys are doing because the lake's not real, real big. And, you know, it's, time for people to be traveling down here fishing so I'm expecting the lake to be crowded and and uh, so you know a lot of times in stuff like this you may not want to find the best thing going you want to find something that not a lot of people are doing and that's that's kind of what I'm going to look for is try to find something which is going to be hard that nobody else is uh, is really doing just just something a little more off the wall that might be that you know, in a normal week when the lake's not crowded, that C or D pattern, but could take you all the way into top five or a win on a week where it's crowded. Uh, I, man, I, that's folks, listen to that right there. If you're a tournament fisherman at all, if you're listening to this, you probably are. That's that's some that's the juice right there. That's some of the, that's some of them goods right there. And dude, I do think it's funny that you said. 30 rods this time of year. I hate this time of year because it is that way. You could be throwing a big plug. You could be throwing a square bill. You could be flipping. You could be frogging. You could be throwing a spook. I mean, you could be doing so many different freaking things right now uh, all across the country. I mean, no matter where you're at, you could be doing something different. Uh, so I got I got to ask you this before I let you go because it was said right here on this show. You missed the cut at the St. John's. And I had Hackney on the next week, and I said, "Hey, did you give uh, did you give Christy uh, a hard time about that at all?" And he said, "Man, 
Are you kidding me right now? He's like, give Jason a hard time about missing the cut? He said, a pissed off Jason Christie is a problem for the rest of us. <laughs> and, and since then, you've gone on a tear, you've won one, and now you're sitting fourth. I don't know if you even look at it. You probably don't, but you're sitting fourth in the stinking AOI, man, uh, about halfway through the season. So I would say a pissed off Jason Christie was a good thing for you. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> I think Hackney's a lot like me. I mean, he respects me as much as I respect him. But, you know, I, that's one thing I'm kind of aggravated about is I probably had a better practice at Florida than I have anywhere. And I found one of those isolated long-run places that they were loaded, and they just never did. But I just never caught them in the tournament. But uh, since then, it's been good, you know, but, Things are starting to uh, click again as far as, you know, feeling good about what I'm doing, uh, not wondering what anybody else is doing, and just going fishing and having fun. And, and uh, you know, Lake Fork is a place that, for some reason, it doesn't matter if we fish here in the summer, in the spring, I've just always kind of clicked with that lake, and hopefully it, it still likes me uh, this week, but... You know, I love fishing places, Florida's like this, where you get a bite and there's that one-tenth of a second that you think, is this going to be a two-pounder or is this going to be a ten-pounder? Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it makes me excited to go fishing. And, you know, I, I uh, when I started the year, everybody asked me the goal for the year, and the main goal is just to get back in the classic. Um and I said, that's what I said. And I said, if trophies happen, then trophies happen. And and for me to be up there in the point, you know, at the mid, kind of the midpoint of the season is, uh, is good because, you know, you can hit one of those where you make a bad decision a couple of tournaments in a row. I need all the, the head start that I can get. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's the goal is to get back to Artwell next year and roll into that arena with, thousands of people sitting there no doubt about it and that lake you know I, I i bet there's a little extra motivation for you mr christie when that announcement came out just a little bit to get back there and uh and give that like a hard time and bring home a classic trophy yeah there is i mean that's that's what it's all about to me is getting there and and uh, like you say if trophies happen then, then trophies happen and and uh you know, that, that one last week, I've always told these guys, you know, some of these younger guys I talk to often, and I say that, you know, you win whenever you least expect it. And last week was a perfect example. I, I mean, I did not expect that whatsoever. I kind of had a feeling that, that I was going to do good. I mean, I just, you know, I, I just kind of had a feeling, but I didn't have any feeling that I was going to win. That's awesome, man. That's so cool to hear from a veteran tonight because it, it, you do hear that from folks. You know, you don't know. You know, some of the best practices you have end up being the worst tournaments a lot of times for a lot of people. You know, it's it's uh, it's the ones that sneak up on you. And, and a fishery that you've, you've had your struggles on that you didn't like, it's so cool, man. The whole story, I think it, it was one of the stories of the, of the year so far. The, the long run, the, the, you know, juggling the fuel, the fact that it flooded, overcoming all that adversity, man, after, you know, making the switch back to bass, switching boats, and uh, I don't know, man, I think it's 
pretty stinking awesome, and I appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing the story for sure. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Absolutely, buddy. Well, you uh, you catch them up at Lake Fork and make sure that uh, Shanna wishes you good luck too. <laughs> yeah, she will. <laughs> hey, and keep her away from that hundred thousand dollar check. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I noticed how quick she got on stage when they're like a hundred thousand dollars. I saw that when I was watching the way in. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. uh, man, well you guys be safe this week and uh, catch them up. I really appreciate you. All right, thank you. Thank you, Jason. Jason Christie. It's a good man right there. And an incredible, incredible bass catcher. I want to thank him for uh, giving me some time today on his drive down to Lake Fork. Of course, when you guys are listening to this, he's going to be out there practicing on Lake Fork, figuring it out for the elite this week there. And, of course, they're going to, uh, you know, catch way release there, except, you know, one over 24 inches or something. I don't know. I forget what it is. But they can bring one in at Fork. It's a really unique event. Um, but, of course, five the five biggest fish count. It's still, you know, five-fish format, but they turn them loose and then uh, get back after it. So they, you know, uh, know right then and there what they got. It's a pretty, pretty unique event, to say the least. Uh, Lake Fork is a special place. I've still never been there. Captain Ron, if you're listening, my buddy Captain Ron out there, Lake Fork, holla at you, boy. I'm ready to get in a boat at Lake Fork. But, man, it, I don't know. I'm just trying to process that conversation right there. So, so, so much uh, just juice in that. And I think, like, to make that run in a boat that you've only had for a few months, don't know that well yet, speaks volumes to his confidence in the Express Yamaha. Like, it just does. It just does. And I think that it's, uh, man, I don't know. God. I just, like, that is what separates, all those details, that's what separates, like, if you want to know what separates a Jason Christie from, like, your uncle that fishes the bass club, that catches bass every now and then, like, it's all that stuff. It's that preparation. It's that practice. It's that hunger. It's that, man, man, it's just a different level, dude. And then, obviously, He's got gills. Like once he gets there to where he's going after the prep work, he's going to smash on them. But man, it's just that stuff is just so next level to think to put in that time, to think about the weight difference. Oh, I got to calculate this for this Marshall, for this and that. Like it's so next level. Man, so awesome. So appreciate Jason stopping by. Appreciate each and every one of you every single week. Uh, just, it's, it's awesome to get to do this. I say it all the time. Sound redundant, but I do love it. Make sure this week you check out the National Professional Fishing League over on our website. Me and Dudley, in fact, Cat Newton, bringing you all the action from Wright Pavin. I know it's a busy week. You got Lake Murray with the FLW, Big Five F- ML FLW Pro Circuit. Uh, you've got the Elites at Fork. We kick it off Thursday. Friday, Saturday. Give us some of your time. Give us some of your time. You can spread the love. Live fishing is fun. Pull it up on every one of your devices. But give us some time because Wright Patman, to me, it's a lake I don't know a lot about. I'm only going to talk about it for like 21 hours this week live, and I know nothing about it. My bosses are probably listening. Uh, but it's it's an unknown in Texas, man. It is. Uh, there, there's rumor of really big bass, really, you know, potential there for big bags. 
but I, you know, I hope we really unveil it to the to the pro fishing community. It's it's right outside of Texas Arcana, so we're going to be staying there in Texas Arcana, right on the Texas Arkansas line, and weigh in at the Texas Arcana Convention Center. They're going to do the drive through weigh in. It's going to be very cool. But if you're in the area, low lifers, come out, come out and see me. I'm going to be at the weigh ins. Most likely every afternoon, we're going to be around doing the broadcast. Me, Dudley, and Fat Cat, of course, all the MPFL anglers. But come out. Come out. See what the National Professional Fishing League is all about. We go live at 8 a.m. Thursday morning. I'm heading out of here about Tuesday. Going to head on out to Texas. Uh, Canna. Looking forward to that. So, yeah, give us give us just a little bit of your time this week. I actually dropped my phone down here during that interview guys fish fish it back up uh but really appreciate each and every one of you like i said this week is uh it's a big one it's a big one i i like uh i like the fact that we got number you know numero uno under our belts but it's been about a month i'm ready to get back in the booth get the microphone on and uh see these boys catch some bass it looks like it's gonna be flip and spinnerbait and a lot just a shallow water derby right now if i had to guess we shall see. So kicking off this Thursday in PFL. Thank y'all so much. Gonna take you out with some Biloxi blues like I always do. Song written by me, sung by me, recorded by me. Me, 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 narcissistic Luke. Uh, make sure you hug your mama. Make sure you hug your daddy. I'm gonna see y'all. Think we're gonna record LBL because gonna have the Bassmaster Open practice going on. A week from Monday, uh, I think we may record some LBL down and Texarkana with some of the MPFL crew for next week. It's kind of what I'm thinking. Load up the equipment, do an old-fashioned just roundtable. Biloxi Blues, ladies and gentlemen, right here, if it'll work. There it goes. Thank y'all so much, and I will see y'all next time. Gonna leave them in the past. Any direction, Lord, I'll be fine. It don't matter, east or west. North, south, wherever the wind blows, I'm leaving those burdens at rest. This highway, it does not know my name, and I don't care, no, I don't care. And a spare Just a white line gypsy Getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there